The Holy Spirit came upon me one night and it scared me to death. This lady come up to me for prayer and I got a vision and I don't get a lot of visions, but when I do, I know it's from the Lord. And I told this lady, I said, ma'am, I can tell you where I was at. I can tell you I was in Illinois and I can tell you the church I was in. I can see it just like it just happened. This girl came up to me for prayer. And when she said, I said, ma'am, I don't know what this means, but the Lord just showed me a picture. It's a yellow house and it has yellow signing and there's a whale house, a, 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 a W-E-L-L, not whale. I say that word wrong. There's a whale house in the front yard that looks just like the house. It's a miniature house that looks like the house and there is a Buick. How did I know that? There is a Buick in the driveway. And that girl dropped to her knees and screamed out. She said, I came up here asking the Lord for a sign that he was going to save my mom and dad. And you just told me there, you just showed me their house. And you just told me what kind of car they drive. God is going to save my mom and dad. I'm going to leave here tonight with hope. Let me tell you, when you hear from God a word like that, you know that only God could have revealed that. And that is, what it, that is what is going on in Daniel's life. So here's the prayer I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God gives you the ability to understand hidden things. Chapter 3, you love this story. All I have to do is tell you the, what favor can bring you through, and you're going to know it already. Favor can bring you through the fire. Amen? That's chapter 3. There's a dedication of a golden statue. It's not there in Babylon. It's out in the field. And Dura, I believe, is where they where they were at, and so they had they had built a forge out there that could melt, uh, or could make gold, and they could melt down the gold and make the statue. They have melted down so much gold in this forge that in this furnace that they called it this forge that they have built a golden statue that's ninety feet tall. Okay, so think about that. 90 feet towering statue of pure gold. That's amazing. And so the statue was so incredible that they wanted everyone to come and worship it as a god. Now they have made this, obviously, they want to worship it as a god. And so when they got there, the music played and they did not bow down. Now, Daniel is not with them. Daniel is, remember, he's high in the government. So if the king's out there, somebody's got to be in there running the government. That's Daniel. So this 21-year-old, because now these guys are 21 years of age. Let's see, we're in chapter 3. Yeah, they're 21 years of age. So this 21-year-old's back there running the government. These other three are governors. So they have to show up because all the governors and the princes, when you hear the word satraps, S-A-T-R-A-P-S, it's the word prince, so, and we would, I don't know why they didn't just translate it prince, but because we, no one uses that word satraps. But, so all the governors and the princes of Babylon have gathered together to, to see this great statue, the unveiling of this statue. Well, everyone bows except three people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, there's so many people there. He probably doesn't know they didn't bow, but somebody came and told on them because they were all upset that these boys had so much favor. Now, let me tell you something about favor. Other people will get jealous, but you just move on in it anyway. All right? That's the, you tell them to take it up with God. You didn't shoot, you know, God is the one who gives favor. And can I tell you something else? If God gives you something, don't you apologize to anybody for it. Don't you hide it and make, if God gives you a car, you drive that thing, you roll down your windows and blow the horn. I mean, if God 
gives you a house, you invite anybody you want to that house. Don't you hide out in that house. If God's been good to you, you just let God be good to you. If God gives you a new suit, you don't have to tell anybody where you bought it. Say, listen, God gave that to me, and if you'll pray good, he'll give you one too. Just leave it right there. You don't have to say anything. Don't apologize for the goodness of God in your life, for the blessings of the Lord. So these three boys, are they're jealous of them, and they tell them, and so they don't bow down to the king. And so they're, they have this forge right next to them, and the reason it's seven times hotter is because it's melting gold. It's seven times harder than all the other furnaces because this is a gold forge. And so they're trying to burn out impurities. So they heated up this gold forge, and it's interesting when I get to that gold forge that I hear the words of Job saying, when he has tried me, I shall shall find, I shall shine forth as what? Pure gold. Now God is about to make pure gold out of a forge that was designed to make pure gold. But the gold that God is going to produce is living and breathing and golden in heaven. It's not metal that men can lose or destroy or melt down. God is about to make three champions in this fiery furnace. And so they throw them in. They have made this furnace so hot that that the men who went to throw the men get killed. They're not even in the fire. They bound them. They're just pushing them in the door. And these men are, are these men who throw them in die from the severe heat. And so the king, I don't know what kind of lofty place he's at, but he gets to look down in there somehow. I don't know if he's on a high lift. I don't know how he got to look down. Maybe there's a bucket that pours down. I don't know how he got to look in there, but he did. There are no windows in this forge. He's not a, standing in a room looking into a fiery furnace. No, he's over the top and he's looking down inside because he wants to see that his punishment, he knew it would work. He wanted to see what happened. And what happened was he looks down and he said, wait a minute. Did not we cast three men into this fire? He said, I see four men walking around and one looks like the son of God. And you know what the Bible tells me? The Bible tells me that when they got out of the fire, their hair was not singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. The only thing that burns, the Bible records this, the only thing that burned were the ropes on their hands and the ropes on their feet. They came out dancing unharmed. And can I tell you to somebody who's in the fire tonight that God wants to bring you out without any stench. God wants to bring you out without any scars. God wants to bring you out without any harm. God wants to just burn off your ropes and set you free. Is anybody tired of looking through the rear view mirror of life, hoping that something doesn't catch up with you? or some enemy doesn't walk back in? Are you tired of looking over your shoulder? Well, God says, I'm here tonight to prophesy over you that you're gonna walk out of your battle without a singe. You're gonna walk out of your battle unharmed that there is a fourth man in that fire and there is still a fourth man in your fire. He is still delivering people from fiery furnaces of life. So I don't know who needs that tonight, but I'm gonna pray for anybody in a fire. I'm going to pray for anybody in a circumstance beyond your control. And listen, I know that you might, some people might say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to stand. Listen, I'm going to stand up on credit that I might go through a fire next month. I'm going to stand up on credit that even though I'm in the good place right now, there is another valley.
valley that will come, another giant that has to be slayed, and I'm gonna claim prophetically that when I get to that mountain, I'm gonna cross over. When I get to that river, the waters will not come upon me. I will pass through the flood, and they will not overtake me. Hallelujah. And through the fire, they will not scorch me. Hallelujah. Because of the Lord my God. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. I almost preached on this verse, but I didn't. But I realized that I have to read it anyway. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. What are the benefits for serving the Lord? He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving and tender kindness and mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He redeems your life from destruction. Claim that verse, put it on your refrigerator, leave it every day. What the enemy meant for harm, God will turn it for good. Oh yes, I know, Satan had a plot, but God has a plan, hallelujah. And that plan will overthrow the plot every single time. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? But here he showed up just when I needed him. Here he showed up at the midnight hour. Here he showed up just when the enemy came. I went to the enemy's camp, but he showed up. He anointed my head with oil in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo! If you receive that over your life, just give God praise right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Well, let's get into chapter five. We're skipping chapter four. We're going to get into chapter five. This is my last one. Mm, I think it's my last one. Who knows? I don't know who this is for, but favor will bring you back. And for whoever needs this, the Lord said, say it like this, favor will get you hired. It will get you hired. I just felt like I had to say that with this and you hear this story. Now, King Belshazzar is now on the throne. By the time you get to the next chapter, King Darius the, Mer the, the, the Mede is on the throne. So the Babylonian Empire, the King Nebuchadnezzar has died. His grandson is a wicked man. He's now on the throne. His, his grandfather became an animal for several years because he, was, he had pride. And the Lord sent him to the fields and he ate, he ate straw like a wild ox. He lost his mind 
because of his pride. His son watched this. His grandson watched this. They all saw what was going on. And then in seven years, the Lord lifted it from his mind and sent him back to the palace as a testimony. And King Nebuchadnezzar died serving the Lord. But another generation has come along and he knows the story. King Belshazzar gets so lofty with his power that he decides to bring in all the artifacts from the temple and he wants to drink out of the golden chalices of the temple. Now, he not only does that, he defiles the temple. He's already stolen the artifacts. So he brings in the temple menorah and he lights the temple menorah at this lewd feast. There is lewd dancing. There is everything imaginable that is abominable. They are drunk and they are dancing and they are wild and he is trying to show out. The Bible says there's a thousand princes there. A thousand. That means he has invited the whole world as he knew it. A thousand people from other countries are there. And he gets so intoxicated with his own pride that he brings in the temple menorah and he lights it and then he grabs a holy cup and he starts to drink it. And all of a sudden when he does, I gotta read this to you because when I read this, I forgot this was in there and it actually made me laugh. And maybe it will you too. Listen to this. I'm gonna start down in verse four. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite of the lampstand. There it is, the menorah, opposite of the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And he's writing up there. A hand appears. Think about this. A large hand and starts writing on the wall. A thousand princes and kings from other countries are there. The king's countenance changed, and this is the part that, I, that made me laugh. The king's countenance changed. His thoughts got so troubled that the joints of his knee, of his hips loosened and his knees started knocking together, just like that. Isn't that great? I mean, you, I, I didn't know where that knee knocking thing came from. It was come from this guy, right? So his knee, he is so scared that his knees are knocking together. He doesn't, he's come from here to here real fast. And he doesn't have anybody to tell him what it says. And he's terrified. Daniel has been fired. Daniel's the old guard. Daniel served his father and his grandfather. The Daniel has been fired. Daniel served as a 21-year-old man. Daniel's now 51 years old. And Daniel has, has not, excuse me, at this, in this particular scene, I want to make sure that I get your, the, the, no, he's 61 years old. So he's 61 years old. He's, been re he's in retirement. He's very wealthy. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll preach about this another time. You know the, the gifts of the three wise men? Babylonians from the east? Those gifts were from Daniel. I don't have time to explain that, but that is keep your mind thinking, right? I'll tell you about that some other time. These are gifts from Daniel. That's what they're delivering. All right, so it's getting close to Christmas. I'll talk about that one later. All right, so, so look at this. All of a sudden, he is, his knees are knocking. People are crying. Everyone's scared to death. And there, the queen stands up and says, there is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy God dwells. Whew. You may not understand this, but there was a man, and we need him now. 
We need a holy man. We need somebody who understands the ways of God. We need a holy man. And look at what he said. He said, uh, uh, I don't know if these guys put that up for us. Well, let me read again. Verse 11. There is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy God and in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, and your father the king, made him chief of all the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. So he calls for him to come, and he asks him what it meant. He said, to the man that can interpret this, I will put a gold chain on his neck and make him the third highest uh, office in the, in the land. You'll be the third ruler in all Babylon. A new king... Daniel's been fired. After this king, Daniel gets fired again, by the way. He gets fired twice and gets hired three times. First time, second time, he gets hired all three times because your gift will make room for you. And that's what's going on. They need him. So they've called for him and they need him. And when he comes in the room, he says, okay, you're not going to like this translation, but here's what the Lord says. You've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And then he says to him, you saw what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. You've witnessed it with your own eyes and you did not heed the warning and now you have sinned with the same pride that he sinned in and your fate will be worse than his. And he said, this night your soul is required of thee and that night King Belshazzar died that night because the man of God gave him that. Um, the, the favor of God will bring you back and give you understanding and put you in places of when your life is in transition. The favor of God will cause something to happen, circumstances to happen, that somebody who didn't know they needed you before suddenly needs you now. Your gift is about to make room for you. And I just want to say this prophetically over someone in this house. Somebody that you, you're going to be shocked when it happens, when the phone rings and somebody says to you, I need your gift. I need your skill. Somebody you never thought would call you. Let me tell you a story that's right here in Cleveland, Tennessee. And this guy was a personal friend. So I've, I've, I've seen this story firsthand. Now, I, he's a little older than me. So this happened before I was at Lee College. But he was at Lee College back before it was Lee University. His name is Gary Sharp. And Gary was struggling in all of his subjects. And he could not... He could not do well in college, and so he didn't know what to do. His dad was a pastor. His dad wanted him to go to Lee, and he said, you know, I, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not college material, and so he gets a job at Shoney's right here in Cleveland, Tennessee. Is there still a Shoney's here? I don't think there is. Is there a Shoney's anywhere? Maybe somewhere. I don't know, but there's not one here. So he got a job at the Shoney's here in Cleveland, Tennessee, and was a bus boy. And his dad started praying for him. He said, now, Lord, you've got to make something out of my boy. You've got to give him favor. You've got to make him, you've got to give him a gift that somebody's going to notice. Something's got to happen in his life that's got to change him. If he's not college material, he's still God material. And this guy was a good Christian boy. And he said, he served you his whole life. Now, you've got to give him a gift. So he was the bus boy in Cleveland, Tennessee, Shoney's, working the night shift. And one night, he got an idea a management idea, and turned over one of those paper placemats, and he wrote it on the back of it, and the manager, the night manager, came up and said, what are you writing there, Gary? He showed it to him. He said, my goodness, man, this is brilliant. He said, I, I've never seen anything like that. Let me, let me, you mind if I take that to the manager? Well, long story short, he became the night manager. 
then he became the manager of this, of this same Shoney's in Cleveland. He eventually went to the corporate office, eventually owned Shoney's. He came from being a bus boy. Gary Sharp was the owner of Shoney's. He still owns all the big boys and the Shoney's, and they, the, some of the Shoney's have shut down, but they have lots of other franchises that their company still owns, and he just kept expanding, expanding, expanding. When I met Gary, I was on the Lee University Board of Directors. That was, I was one of the board members. And sitting beside of me was Gary Sharp, who did not have a college education, but he was the owner of Shoney's and one of the largest donors in Lee University at the time, giving millions to the kingdom. God said, yes, you won't be a college graduate, but I'm going to make a Joseph out of you, and you're going to bring provision for the vision because favor can bring you out of circumstances and life transition when nothing can bring you out. I'm going to make something out of you even if the plan you thought you had did not work out the way you thought it was. Can I just preach to somebody tonight? I don't know what you thought was going to work out, and maybe it did not happen the way you thought it was going to happen, but don't give up on God because God's going to put you in the place of his purpose and the place of his purpose is the place of his power. And when God aligns you and realigns you, he can take the business that wouldn't hire you and make you own that business later on. I've told you the story of Pastor Ronnie Reed and the Lincoln car dealership that told him, he said, the Lincoln dealership said, I'll just wait. Your church is dying. I'll just wait till you die and I'll buy this property for cheap. And Pastor Ronnie Reed said, well, you know, God might start blessing me and you may go bankrupt one of these days and I might just buy you out instead. He said that to the Lincoln car dealership in his front yard. He had this tiny little church, struggling church that could barely pay its light bill. Well, fast forward a few years later. If you could go to Ronnie Reed's church, Clay, you've been to that church before. If you go to Ronnie Reed's church now, he has the largest church in Crystal River, Florida. And guess where it's sits on the property where the old Lincoln dealership used to sit because the Lincoln dealership went out of business and God went into business. God can turn you around. If God can do that for Gary Sharp, if God can do that for Pastor Ronnie Reed, God can do that for you. Don't give up on the plan of God for your life. God can reach down his hand and bless whatever circumstances you are dealing with. You are walking in the fog. You are walking in the favor of God. And when you're walking in the favor of God, good things happen all around you. I want you to turn to somebody and say, I'm walking in the fog. I'm walking in the fog, the favor of God. I, I, say this say this and mean it. Say it prophetically. The devil can't find me now. I'm in the fog. The devil can't find me now. I'm in the fog. God's got so much goodness around me. He thinks I've moved and I'm right here in the place of God's presence. He's searching trying to hurt me. He's searching, trying to find me. But the goodness of God has surrounded me and the blessings of God are around me and the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him and delivers them. Hallelujah. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.